0: Bridget Stomberg. And I'm Lisa DeSimone.
1: And this is Taxes for the Masses.
0: Today's episode is on the federal deduction for state and local taxes, or the SALT deduction for short. In December 2017,
1: President Trump signed into law a provision of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that capped the amount of state and local taxes an individual taxpayer could deduct against their federal taxable income. Democrats have pushed to raise this cap substantially or to eliminate it altogether, but doing so would generally benefit higher income individuals. As a result, the SALT deduction has become a sticking point as Democrats haggle over the Build Back Better Act that they hope to pass by the end of 2021. In today's episode, we debate the merits of arguments for and against raising or repealing the SALT deduction cap.
0: Hello, Lisa. Hello, B.
1: It's finally here, the day you've all been waiting for, a throwdown over state and local taxes.
0: Today, things are going to get a little salty on this podcast.
1: All right, so I thought this was going to happen, and I'm just going to say, please don't.
0: I will take that advice with a grain of salt. Not amused. You know, even as a seasoned veteran of your dislike of bad puns, that hurts.
1: Um, I'd like to take a minute to ask if anyone else would like to take over my co-hosting responsibilities.
0: Oh, come on. That's just pouring salt in the wound. <laughs> okay. All right. Now I'm just going <laughs> to ignore you. All right. All right. All right. Moving on. The first question to address, as anybody worth their salt knows. Oh,
1: is, no. Is <laughs> what, okay.
0: is, what is the state and local tax deduction?
1: Like I said, I'm going to ignore you. All right. Um, So individuals pay federal income tax on their taxable income and taxable income is your gross income, things like your salaries and wages, less your deductions. Now, deductions come in two flavors. We've got the standard deduction, which anyone can claim and which the Republicans expanded under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And then we also have itemized deductions, which are linked to certain expenditures that you make during the year amounts you pay for state and local taxes during the year. Either state income taxes on your wages or property taxes on your home
0: are considered part of your itemized deductions. And we will return to this distinction between itemized and standard deductions in a moment. We will, but first
1: we need to address the question of why the federal government gives us a SALT deduction
0: at all. One reason is that if you didn't get a federal deduction for state income taxes paid, then essentially you're getting double taxed on your income, right? Once by your state and once by the federal government. Fine. So we don't want to double tax income,
1: but then why do we allow a deduction for state and local property taxes as well?
0: So by allowing a deduction for property taxes, the federal government's basically subsidizing the cost of home ownership. And before you ask, a similar argument could be made about state and local sales taxes. Allowing a deduction for those sales taxes can subsidize purchases, encouraging spending, and therefore boost the economy. All
1: right. So these state and local taxes, income, property, sales are considered an itemized federal deduction. Other itemized deductions include things like medical expenses, if they get to be really big as a percentage of your income, and then also charitable contributions. So there's lots of different types of expenditures that the government is willing to subsidize by giving you a tax deduction for them.
0: The thing is, taxpayers can take either these itemized deductions or a standard deduction on their tax return. The standard deduction is a standard government-dictated amount that reduces your federal taxable income. The standard deduction is currently almost $13,000 if you're single and double that if you're married filing jointly.
1: Now, because anybody gets to claim the standard deduction, there are no hoops to jump through to qualify for it, It only makes sense to claim itemized deductions if the sum of all of those itemized deductions that we talk about is greater than the standard deduction.
0: And because the three most commonly claimed itemized deductions are state and local taxes paid, charitable contributions, and mortgage interest, the households that itemize are those with higher incomes and more valuable homes. In other words, the relatively wealthy. Exactly. Prior to the big tax overhaul we had in 2018, an estimated 91% of the benefit of state and local tax deductions were claimed by households with over $100,000 of income, and there were residents of one of six states, California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, the great state of Texas, and Pennsylvania, all of which are known for having either high income taxes, states like California and New York, or high sales and property taxes, like taxes.
1: Okay, so like we said, because you're only going to claim these itemized deductions if they exceed your standard deduction, you have to have a lot of them. And you're more likely to have a lot of them if you have things like higher income taxes, which are going to be linked to your income, or higher property taxes, which are going to be linked to your wealth. This is why the wealthy tend to benefit from itemized deductions more so than middle or lower income households. And the wealthy are even more likely to disproportionately benefit from the SALT deduction since 2018 when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act went into effect because, as we said, that tax law significantly raised the standard
0: deduction. Right. The standard deduction nearly doubled, meaning it takes almost twice as many itemized deductions now to make it worthwhile to itemize.
1: And I think I feel an example coming on. Ding, ding, ding. Let's say. In 2017, I paid state and local income taxes of $11,000, property taxes of $3,000, and mortgage interest of $9,000. So that's a grand total of $23,000 of potentially itemizable deductions.
0: The standard deduction for a married taxpayer in 2017 was $12,700. So you rationally choose to itemize in 2017, right? 23000 greater than $12,700. Last time I checked, that is correct.
1: So let's keep things simple and say I have the exact same amounts of state and local income taxes, property taxes, and mortgage interest in 2018. So still those $23,000 of itemizable deductions.
0: Except in 2018, the standard deduction for married filing jointly jumped to about $24,000. So now you're actually better off claiming the standard deduction. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act's much higher standard deduction made it so that you don't itemize anymore.
1: Yes. So one thing the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act did was reduce the number of taxpayers who itemize because it made the standard deduction so much bigger, so much more likely that that was going to exceed the itemized deductions of your average taxpayer. But it also made another significant change to SALT deductions the maximum amount of state and local taxes that can be claimed as an itemized deduction after the TCJA went from being unlimited
0: to $10,000. So back to our example, you had $11,000 of state and local income taxes and $3,000 of property taxes. So a total SALT deduction of $14,000 in 2017 before the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. But after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that amount is capped at 10,000, your total potential itemized deductions, that's only 19,000, right? The 10 with a SALT cap and the 9,000 in mortgage interest.
1: So now there are two reasons that I'm no longer gonna itemize after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act.
0: First, the standard deduction is
1: so much higher. And second, the amount of the SALT deductions I can itemize is capped
0: at $10,000. So the thing about this $10,000 cap is that it applies to every tax return regardless of filing status. What? Right? If you're married filing jointly, you still only get $10,000 of state and local tax deductions post-2017, which is the exact same amount as an unmarried single-income taxpayer. There's no increase to the cap to account for the fact that there might be two incomes reported on that tax return.
1: And that's completely illogical because you do get a higher standard deduction if you're married filing jointly than if you're single. As a matter of fact, you get twice the standard deduction if you're married filing jointly than if you're single. Exactly. So the salt cap is what we refer to as an example of a marriage tax penalty. It is a tax policy that disadvantages married couples without usually a lot
0: of good justification. Why? It could also benefit married couples if you only have a single income, because now you get to double your standard deduction. And that, ladies and gentlemen, in a nutshell, is why I married my longtime partner in 2018, suspiciously right after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. But that's a story for another day. Let's talk about why Republicans implemented the salt deduction cap starting in 2018 and why Democrats have been in an uproar ever since.
1: So I feel like we need to issue a disclaimer here. Do we ever really know why politicians do anything <laughs> they do?
0: Um, I'm going to guess for the votes.
1: Doing it for the votes. All right. So we know that the salt deduction disproportionately benefits taxpayers with higher incomes and in bigger houses. But Republicans aren't exactly known for raising taxes on the rich. Nope. In fact, part of that Tax Cuts and Jobs Act decreased the top federal tax rate on high wealth individuals from about almost 40% down to only 37%. So it, I'm struggling here with why we're going to lower the tax rate, uh, but then also take some deductions away.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and Republicans also wanted to make a whole lot of other tax cuts and they did. And because they only had a slight majority in the Senate when they passed this act back in 2017, they had to pass it under the reconciliation process, which only requires more than 50% of the votes instead of the usual 60% of the Senate.
1: So that's a benefit of using the reconciliation process
0: to pass exactly.
1: tax legislation, but the cost is that the bill basically has to pay for itself. Mhm. And in order to make all of these tax cuts for corporations and the wealthy, Republicans had to find revenue raisers somewhere. And capping the salt deduction was one source of revenues they found to pay for their tax cuts elsewhere.
0: And while Democrats are usually, let's just say, uh, somewhat less concerned about raising taxes on the wealthy, fair. Sometimes even encouraging the government to tax the rich, also fair, might be quoting there. They were very displeased by this. Cap on the state and local tax deduction put in place by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act.
1: And the reason goes back to the stat you gave earlier that over 90% of the benefit of that salt deduction goes to taxpayers in six states, Mm -hmm. three of which are California. Remind me, is California red or blue?
0: Um, I'm going to say blue. Okay. And Mm -hmm. New
1: York, red or blue.
0: Also, hmm, interesting. Also a blue state. Okay. And then New Jersey? I'm just gonna guess blue here
1: okay so we've got most of the benefit that the republicans took away Mm -hmm. used to be in uh california new york and new jersey
0: very blue states very blue states so yeah democrats have basically been screaming bloody murder ever since did you mean they've been saying it politely no (laughs) They basically say that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act disproportionately raised taxes on Democratic-leaning states and that that was done on purpose by Republicans. Republicans are being totally unfair, and so Democrats have been trying to raise or repeal the cap ever since, including in the yet-to-be-passed Build Back Better plan.
1: In their defense, Republicans point out that most of the tax benefits of the SALT deduction go to taxpayers in relatively high-tax states where more residents have enough state and local taxes because they have the high paying jobs and the big houses that it actually makes sense for them to itemize their deductions. So the Republicans are basically agreeing that the salt cap disproportionately impacts high tax states, some of which just happen to be blue states, but they argue that the federal government shouldn't reward high tax states for choosing to have high taxes or it shouldn't subsidize individuals for choosing to live in high tax states. Again, some of which just happen to be blue states. The fact that these states have high taxes has nothing to do with the fact that they're blue states.
0: Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. And I got to say, it's a pretty effective argument, right? Like It kind of is. Why should the federal government step in to spend money reducing the impact of these taxes on residents of high tax states when that money could otherwise be spent on other projects, including those in low tax states?
1: And the thing is that we're kind saying the Republicans are raising some good points here. I have yet to hear the Democrats make a similarly compelling counter-argument, at least that I've seen. The only thing that I've heard Democrats say is that the salt cap was politically motivated and not really based on these principles that you're highlighting. Another problem Democrats face is that raising or repealing the cap is really not a good look for them. Mm-mm. Because by and large, it's a handout to the rich. Yep. And Republicans can have a field day with the idea that Democrats are going to give tax breaks to the wealthy, albeit in blue
0: states. At one point, the tax benefits from the salt cap repeal, that was estimated to be the biggest cost of that Build Backed. T- Why did they name it that? I know.
1: I know. Be better. Be best. Build back. Better act. I would happily give up my tiny little additional tax benefit from deducting state and local income taxes to pay for some of these other things that Democrats claim are priorities, Mm
0: -hmm. like expanding the child tax credit. Right. But that isn't stopping them. House Democrats have been passing bills to raise or repeal the cap on SALT deductions ever since it passed, and some blue states have even tried to implement workarounds by reclassifying state income tax payments as charitable contributions. That was clever. It really was. It was very clever. The most recent bill to pass is the Build Back Better Plan, which is a set of incentives involving the climate and our social safety net. It would raise the SALT cap to $80,000 starting this year, 2021, and extending through 2030.
1: But even though the bill has come out of the House, it has yet to pass the Senate, and it is likely to see some significant edits there. For example, Senator Bernie Sanders... Feel the burn! (laughs) He wants the cap to remain at $10,000 for high-income households, although it's not quite clear what he means by high income. Mm -hmm. He's working on a proposal that would phase out the higher $80,000 cap as a taxpayer's income rises.
0: Another factor is that Democrats also need to pass the Build Back Better bill, whatever its final form may be, under that reconciliation process we were talking about. Yep. Meaning they, too, are going to need to make sure that whatever SALT benefits they add back are something that can be paid for by higher taxes elsewhere.
1: And given how many things there are that they want to increase spending on, from renewable energy incentives to extending the expanded child tax credits we've talked about, let's just say that they're having to count every penny.
0: The Congressional Budget Office recently estimated the cost of the salt cap increase at $275 billion. Versus, say, 110 billion being spent on universal child care, or 190 billion on the expanded child tax credit.
1: Now, these estimates, through some magic, mm-hmm. claim that the salt cap increase actually pays for itself. Which, when my husband tries to say this to me to convince me to buy something expensive, it always sounds a little, a little fishy to me. A little too good to be true. A little too good to be true. But anyway, the CBO estimates that the SALT cap increase is going to pay for itself by extending the cap through 2030, like you said, and then lowering it back down to $10,000 in 2031.
0: That's right. Due to the magic and wonder of tax estimates, the cap increase will reduce tax revenue now, but increase it in the future by making the cap permanent, whereas it would have expired under current law. And I even got confused as I was saying that all out loud. Keep up. It's super clear.
1: All right. It is time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of SALT deductions.
0: And as the resident optimist, I guess, of the two of us, I'm going to start us off with the good. I appreciate that because I don't know that I would be much help here. It's actually pretty amusing to me that I'm the optimist in this relationship, because let's just say um, that is not the case at home. So uh, it's a nice change of pace, I guess. That's why you need a home husband and a work wife. I do need both. I really do. You need both. Yes. All right. So the good. I, for one, am really enjoying having a rational conversation, at least with you, about what the purpose of this SALT deduction is supposed to be. And whether any benefits of, say, making sure some income isn't taxed twice are enough to outweigh the costs, like giving most of the benefits away to the rich.
1: I agree. It is good that people like us are having that conversation. But I'm not really seeing a great debate arising out of the political discourse.
0: And there we are with the bad. That was quick.
1: Actually, I'm going to try here. Okay. I I think I have a good, but but it may be an ugly so I'm not really sure,
0: I'm not really sure where it fits. That's on brand. Thanks for that.
1: <laughs> so I, uh, okay, let's say it's good. I think it's good because I do think that there's a perception, at least in my household mm-hmm. that it's only the Republicans that do hip- hypocritical yeah. things for their mm. own self interests. And so I I think this is uh, you know an illustration that maybe both parties are sort of equal offenders when it comes to um, doing things in reconciliation that the other side doesn't really want you to do.
0: Yeah, hypocrisy is colorblind when it comes to uh, to politicians, I think. There you go. It doesn't matter if you're red or blue. It, it Hypocrisy is gonna win the day. It doesn't matter if you're red or blue.
1: Everyone's an a-hole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we say a-hole? We have, we have
1: no sponsors. We can say whatever the <laughs> F we want. <laughs> Sorry for that, but there are a lot of considerations that should be discussed that aren't.
0: Such as?
1: Well, if Republicans are right, and it doesn't make sense for the federal government to subsidize high-tax states, then why did they only cap the benefit instead of repealing it entirely? Or why did they change the benefits only for individual taxpayers and not also for corporations that still get to claim a deduction for state taxes paid on their federal return, no matter how big it is?
0: You know, that's a really good point, point. and the only thing I can think of is that we know Republicans, I mean, they vastly favored corporations over households with their tax cuts in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act.
1: And that brings
0: us to the ugly,
1: because it's exactly this asymmetry Republicans built into the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that has given rise to some complicated schemes to get around the salt cap, used primarily by the rich because they are the ones who can afford to put the schemes in place and have the most to benefit from them.
0: That's right. States have actually facilitated this by passing laws allowing for certain types of businesses structured as a pass-through entity, things like a partnership or an LLC, to pay state and local taxes at the entity level where the cap doesn't have any effect.
1: And another ploy that we alluded to earlier is to structure state tax payments as charitable contributions because those weren't capped by the TCJA and can still be itemized by households.
0: Yep. incentives matter, right? If you say one type of taxpayer or one type of payment doesn't qualify, but leave the deduction in place for another type of taxpayer or type of payment, people are going to find a way to make it so that their payments qualify for the deduction. It's a no-brainer.
1: The other ugly part is that the whole thing seems super petty and, dare I say, childish. Mm. President Trump basically wanted to punish blue states for not voting for him. Mm-hmm. And then bind the hands of those blue state governors so that they couldn't raise taxes, or at least it wouldn't be as easy for them to raise taxes because there wasn't going to be a federal offset. It's not really the type of behavior I try to even teach my seven-year-old.
0: Right. And the Democrats aren't behaving any better, right? No. no. They seem to. They seem to want to punish Republicans for passing the cap and the TCJA as a whole, by the way, without a single Democratic vote. And it's just this petty ping pong politics, which is as easy to say as build back better plan, when it could instead be a fruitful conversation about whether it makes economic sense to even offer these benefits, and if so, how much? I think I've said this before, but you're dreaming. I do like to dream about a efficiently and rationally operating government. I'm sorry. You're crazy. I am. Well, that's all we have time for today. I'm Lisa DeSimone. And I'm Bridget Stomberg.
1: Be sure to join us for more tax nerdery on future episodes of Taxes for the Masses.